Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm Sarah Watt. I'm William Chan. And I'm Max Tarrant. And each month at Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective, with some connection in between. It could be the same director, same actor, or similar theme. However, with the 2018 Oscars looming in the next couple of weeks, we thought we would flip the script and have a discussion about the coming Oscar nominations. Uh, it is also worth noting that today, this podcast is going to be the last for the foreseeable future of Max Tarrant, one of our um, founding members of Cinema in Context. Uh, Max will be uh, moving on to different shores and we'll be farewelling you later on in the episode. Hey, any, any opening comments, Max, you'd like to say? No, it's been a great uh, period sharing this experience with you guys and with the listeners. Can't wait to see you in the future. Maybe there'll be another one before too long. Hopefully. Excellent. Cool. So we're going to um, kind of jump around a little bit today, but we thought we'd jump straight into the big one and have a discussion about Best Picture. Who would like to read out the, the nominees this year? Oh, since I've always wanted to be the voice on the tube in the London Underground, could I? Excellent. Go, Sarah. What have we got? The nominees for Best Picture are Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Ladybird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Wow, fantastic. And Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Not Ferdinand. Oh, what I meant to say, listeners. I meant to say, just, but just to say, that a um, special shout out to Married to the Movies, which is Sarah's podcast that she does with her husband, Doug, uh, for giving us inspiration <laughs> today and, yeah, kind of... Setting us on, on the track that we're on today. On the track to Oscar glory. Here we are. So those are the, um, yeah, those are the, the many, many Best Picture nominees. I remember back in the olden days when there were only five. Mm-hmm. But obviously things have got more complicated. So, yeah, so we've got nine there, gentlemen. I like, I, just by the way, I like that there's uh, up to ten nominees now. Yeah. I think it allows for films like, uh, what have we got in there? Um... Uh, get out and the shape uh, of water. Yeah, and, and often there can be animated films or big blockbusters that have been there in the last couple of years, which you don't always see in the Oscar nominations. I think I'm, I have a sense that this year. Oh God, I say this every year, and sometimes I'm hor- I'm proven horribly wrong and disappointed. But I really feel and hope that this year there will be a nice spreading out of the awards. Mm-hmm. So most of my predictions. For, on the, for this ballot sheet revolve around, well, this won't get it because they'll give it to it in another category and all that sort of thing. And I'm always much happier when it is spread out rather than... I mean, God bless Lord of the Rings. but mm. um, And obviously it didn't win any acting awards, but it, what did it get? got 11 Oscars or something like yeah. that. It's a bit greedy, a mm. bit greedy, really. <laughs> so, so do you guys think that Get Out and Shape of Water have... Do, do either film have... Does either film have a chance of actually getting the big one? I don't think so. Being no. like really, really genre heavy um, and very different from the rest, rest of the list. Mm. Well, what's this whole discussion around the the ballot changing? I don't quite understand. So, is it has the way people vote changed? Because I keep reading articles about how they reckon that um, there's sort of like a, a much more of a populist sort of vote that's going to happen. That's happened for the last year. Any of you know? I, I haven't. I don't know anything no. about that. No. Okay. Well, I've read articles that have talked about how films like Get Out or Dunkirk could actually have a chance because mm. there's, there's some change in the way that the voting happens. Maybe it's electronic voting. Mm. There's something like that, that they feel that that will influence who actually wins. So it's no longer the establishment as such that mm. is making these calls. Mm. 
everybody who is part of the academy has much more of it an equal say. Mm. I, I, I mean, I hear you, William. I would be delighted for Get Out mm-hmm. to win. Likewise. Um, I have a fear that they'll fob um, Jordan Peele off, certainly not with directing and probably therefore original screenplay mm. mm-hmm. um, instead, um, yeah. and that it'll be one of those, you know, the early Tarantino films where he would win for his screenplays but not for his pictures, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I certainly don't... Was Shape of Water your other? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I almost think that... Not, not exactly tokenism, but mm-hmm. I think that the Academy might have gone, ooh, you know, Del Toro's earned it, or it's special, or it's, cle- it's clever, and it's... I wouldn't go as far as unique, personally, mm. but you know what I mean. It's a bit special. We'll give it a, we'll give it a nomination, <laughs> but, mm, mm. you know... But then a lot of people are saying three three billboards will win. Yeah. Hey, and I, I really I really hope it doesn't. You we already know my thoughts on it, but I just feel that there's a lot of issues politically with that film that I think would be a real shame after that after Moonlight winning. Yeah. To have a film which I think has got some real issues of racism to win, I would be gutted personally. And I personally don't want it to win, but I I wonder whether the Academy is going to go all a little bit um, a bit. Risque, you know, or something. I, I think I wouldn't mind it winning, um, in that it's it's not Oscar baby, because uh, usually with these lists, you, you get a whole bunch of November releases in there, mm. or movies like uh, Darkest Hour. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and this oh, year we it's all biopics. I feel. Like. Oh my yeah. gosh, biopics of British so people. Boring. Yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with British people? But no, I hear you. Oh. Uh, including the Queen several times. Yes, mm. but yeah, Darkest Hour and I think the Post maybe fit that fit that kind of mold. Yes, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, But everything else on the list, I would say, is pretty pretty different this year. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, it's nice to have Call Me by Your Name. Oh, yeah. beautiful! And that would be a lot of people's best picture. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. It? I'd, beautiful I'd film. probably like to, in some ways, like to give it to that. Although mm-hmm. Dunkirk for me was just such a well-rounded, yeah, fantastic film. Filmmakers film a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, overall, just ticked all the boxes and yeah. was tight. I yeah. love how tight it was. Dunkirk's my pick as well. It's my pick. Yeah, I think it deserves to win. It has enough of the uh, sort of gravitas to, to claim that best, Hugely. best picture gravitas title. Is a good and, it's a, it. and it's an epic as yeah. well. It, yeah. it has, to me, that big, that big sort of quality needed to be a best picture mm-hmm. in a way that Lady Bird, I mean, you know, bless Greta Gerwig, mm. and we'll come on to what I think will happen with that. That mm-hmm. ain't a best picture no. kind of film. Mm. Um, and, and, and similarly, when you're talking about three billboards, it's like it has... It really has some beautiful moments, yeah. yeah. But it just doesn't have the complete circle that Dunkirk does. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to represent the films of the year in terms of Western American cinema. Mm. Yeah, I feel much more comfortable with Dunkirk. Interesting, though, that Dunkirk isn't an American movie. I mean, you know, it's mm. about a European war. It's mm. also about a European war that happened ever such a long time ago, rather mm-hmm. like Darkest Hour, as you say, William. You know. Movies about British people, um, and I mean, and, and, and with regard to Darkest Hour, for for all Gary Oldman's magnificence, I thought it was a, a, a not an average kind of made film, but it wasn't a spectacular mm. film for its own sake. Joe Wright's direction mm. and all that, you know. So mm. I, I have not seen it. Uh, so th- is Joe Wright very flamboyant? Um, he's he, he feels less flamboyant in this than he normally oh, is. Okay. Um, so it's not like uh, Annika Renner. It isn't. Goes, no, it isn't quite. And it screen. isn't. It isn't atonement for my for me either. Um, so really, Darkest Hour for me revolves around Gary Oldman, and we'll get onto that in the, the next category. But, mm. um, so we're all voting for Dunkirk. Yeah? Dunkirk That's cinema in context, two thousand eighteen. And we all acknowledge correct. Missouri <laughs> might happen, and that we kind of really don't think that it should. 
Yeah. 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 I think it deserves some acting acting awards. Or, or, or possibly screenplay, because in Bruges mm. won best original screenplay. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think the original, dialogue is good. I think yeah. original screenplay, when we get on to chatting about that, is going to be hugely contested. For mm. me, that is the most challenging category, actually. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to the acting in a leading role. <coughs> so, who would like to take the, the, the reading of, of our leaders? Go, William. Oh, dear. Okay, um, <laughs> I, I will try not to fudge this. So, actor in a leading role. Timothée Chalamet yes. from Call Me By Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya, Get Out. Gary Oldman, Darkest Style. And Denzel Washington from Roman J. Israel Esquire. Mm. What a name of a film. I haven't even heard of that movie. Yeah, it hasn't come out any, anywhere near remotely here. And we've not seen Denzel in that. And I'm, I'm, look, I mean, I love Denzel Washington. I'm a bit fed up with him just chucking a nomination at him every time. He, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Every time he comes out of his trailer, you know? <laughs> yep. So, no. He's a classic kind of inspirational kind of actor. That, That's right. Yeah. So, I don't think he's going to get it. Do you think it's fair to say that Denzel and Daniel are the... Uh, I mean, they've done great Daniel jobs, Kaluuya or... Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. um, mm-hmm. because of the backlash around not having very many black or ethnic diverse mm, actors, or do you think be. they deserve those nominations? Well, having not seen Roman J. Esquire, uh, Israel Esquire and not knowing it had existed, um, mm. can't really mention too much of that, but I, I do think Daniel Kaluuya gives a really strong performance. Mm. Um, did anyone watch Skins back in the day? No. no. Yeah, because he was, he was like a comic relief guy, and then he was on Black Mirror, and then he was on um, Sicario. And he's just gotten better and yeah. better and better with every role. I, I thought his performance in Get Out was so so subtle. So yeah. nuanced. Very right? nice. Really, really nuanced. Mm. And I wonder if that's where he's going to not win, because he's up against... I mean, Gary Oldman has obviously been taking out all of the awards, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's and I, I don't mean it's mannered in a bad way. Mm. He flippin' plays Churchill, and mm. he does it very convincingly. And it is, again, it's a big sort of I am acting as somebody else mm. kind of thing, isn't it? Whereas Daniel Kaluuya, for all intents and purposes, if you didn't know him anything else, could have been playing um, a young a young guy yeah. from yeah. university going to visit his girlfriend's family. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Not as much of a stretch. Mm. So I, I wonder if it was a bit tokenistic. I, I feel like, I mean, he, and he, I agree with you, he was fantastic in Get Out, and it's one of those roles which is, is kind of can be underestimated how much work is in there. Yes. But, I mean, I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, but I've heard nothing but incredible things from Timothy Chalamet. He was amazing. Yeah. Really? And he is, just a, he is just a kid. Like, I always call him the kid from Homeland, and I don't know how many people <laughs> were watching Homeland back in the day. He was a bit part, he was the president's son. And then all of a sudden, boom, he pops up in this film. And in Lady Bird as well? He's in Lady Bird? Yes, he is. Mm. Now, in Lady Bird, his character is very much more of a sort of a teen hipster kind of cool guy that you could imagine Timothy Timothy Chalamet being in real life sort of thing. Mm. In this, in Call Me By Your Name, he convincingly falls in love with and makes love to with um, uh, Army Hammer. Um, And... It, it's an astonishingly assured performance mm. for, for both a young man, mm. a young man with not a huge um, acting career under his belt just yet, and a really challenging, really challenging subject matter mm. um, for mm. someone who is both young and, I mean, it's neither here nor there if he's gay in real life or not, and, and there's nothing to suggest that he is, but it's an inc- it's just an incredible performance and an incredible so film. Huh? Well, I don't think he's going to get it. I think, no, I think Oldman... Yeah, I wonder if I would. I thought Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread was astonishing. 
my fear for Daniel Day-Lewis is he's always astonishing. Yeah. For me, he's a bit like Michelle Williams. I mean, she's never put in a bad performance as far as I'm concerned. You can't deprive someone of an award just because they're doing, Great they're getting work. excellence yeah. every time. But, they, but but he is, do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. I think, um, back to Daniel Kaluuya, mm. Kalu, Kaluuya? Mm. Uh, I mean, Get Out was such a fantastic film and, and what a cool role as well. Mm. Like, I think part of the issue we, you know, just to kind of talk about the politics again and the, and the backlash for the Oscars last year, the, the amount of roles offered to non-white actors is so limited and, and so usually quite boring, or they're mm. usually playing mm. this stereotypes. And so I think that um, while I don't think he deserves an Oscar in this category, it's really cool to see him on there. Yeah. It's really cool to see him acknowledged and nominated. So I wonder if it will be one of those, it's an honour to have been nominated sort mm-hmm. of yeah. awards. Do you know what I mean? And do you think Oldman's is going to be more of a career Oscar, even though it sounds like he deserves it for the work he did? Mm. I mean, has he ever won an award before in terms of Oscars? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he won't have won. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis has two under his belt, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He has a, a best actor and a supporting actor, I think, whereas Gary Oldman maybe maybe hasn't. Um, but he also does an astonishing performance. Mm. I don't know. I mean... The, what, do, what do people reckon? Gary Oldman's well, who will get it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought Gary Oldman would get it. It seems to be... That's all the buzz. Mm. Mm. Seems to be the obvious answer. But I would be very happy if Timothy Chalamet... But I think Chalamet, Chalamet's too early in his career. So this will be one of yeah. those, look, you're all of 23 or something, nominate you now, and then off you go, and you're going to either saw, mm. uh, or you're not, in which case we'll be glad we didn't give it to you. Do you know, I reckon that's how they probably <laughs> no, rationalise it. It's like um, the Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's Bone, isn't it? Yeah. You sort of feel like that same sort of momentum with his career is going to yeah. explode. Yeah. Right. Mm. In which case he'll take care of that later on. Yeah. Mm. All right, best actress in a leading role. Uh, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Margot Robbie, I, Tonya. Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. Meryl Streep, The Post. Well, I've ne- never heard of her. Yeah, neither. No. What has she done? No, she's probably just come out of nowhere, <laughs> so yeah. I wonder how her, her politics won't be... You know, her, her involvement in the Me White Too um, has, has been not completely spotless. Uh, well, I, I mean, it hasn't been bad, but she's been under the spotlight from... Rose McGowan. The more, yeah, the more mm. activist, radical Rose McGowan has... has put pressure on her. I think, I think what that's about uh, is about acknowledging that there is a systemic establishment issues where people are aware how the machine works and they sort of happily turn a blind eye. That's right. And so I think Rose McGowan, while she doesn't have anything specific against Meryl Streep, um, she's like, oh, she knew because she's, she's so entrenched in the establishment. That's right. So I think that's what it is, which is a really interesting perspective and quite a harsh perspective I think I wonder it's a totally out. harsh perspective. It is. Mm. It is. I wonder if it's partly, slightly tougher as well for a slightly older woman um, who was part of the older culture yeah. um, and more deeply ingrained in it. Yeah. Not to let her off, but if you are more deeply ingrained in that culture, the, the culture that was even more... Uh, male-dominated, yeah. then it's hard, probably a bit harder to speak out, I'd say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, she's, she's such a beacon of, of success... It's hard. It's a really rough. I mean, Rose McGowan. She's pretty fearless, for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, she's she's sort of lashing out all over the show. I don't know if you watched any of her interviews, but she's really fascinating to watch. Mm. Um, she's very angry. Mm. Yes, and rightfully so. 
To be, to be fair, somehow, I don't know how I'm being fair, but to be fair, Meryl Streep's fine in the post, but it's not Oscar winning anyway. Mm. So I think if she doesn't There's win... There's only one close-up I just remember very strongly, which was really amazing, of her on the phone, but and she had kind of the tiniest little movements in her face. But but again, she's a bit of a... Well, she's a bit of a Denzel for me, and she's a yeah, bit of a Daniel she Davis. Is, yeah. She's great all the time. Yeah. yeah. And this doesn't leap out at me as being a particularly amazing Oscar-worthy performance. Mm. So I think if she doesn't win... Even if she goes to bed thinking it's that bloody Rose McGowan's fault, I don't think it will be. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think she's up against stronger. Look, personally, so I thought. Yep, okay, yep. No, I was say I absolutely loved Margaret Rose Same. and I told you, and I, I thought, wish that she would win, but I don't think she. she will. I don't think she will either. But she, that, that role is just she. She is just a, a tour de force. That whole that the three leads in that in that role. So you're with um, Sebastian Stan, Alison Janney, and uh, and Margaret Robbie, just. What a cool film in terms of acting and dynam- dynamics and chemistry. Uh, and Margot Robbie is another one whose career has exploded um, over the last few years. Mm. And she deserves an Oscar for that role. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I don't think she's going to be the one that gets it. Frances McDormand's got to be the strong front frontrunner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, been winning everything else. Yeah. Now, you guys all loved Shape of Water. Well, you, Jeremy and I didn't so much. No, oh, didn't. no, you didn't. I, I Only William. All right, yeah. William. What about this Sally Hawkins then? Are you going to vote for her? Or uh, no? no, no, of course not. Um, oh, no? She, she's fine. Oh, okay. um, I, I don't think it's Oscar, Oscar-worthy. No. Um, again, it's similar to uh, the, the Daniel, um, Daniel Kaluuya situation where it's a very, very like, low-energy, um, nuanced performance. Yeah, mm. especially from a character who is mute. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, yeah, the, the other other actresses in the list, um, well, Sasha Ronan and Lady Bird is also, yeah, they're, they're all very, like, outspoken, very, like, largish roles compared mm. to Sally Hawkins. You're right, they're quite feisty. Those four yeah. are feisty characters, aren't they? Mm. The three billboards, I, Tonya, Lady Bird, and The Post are all strong women. Mm-hmm. Being outspoken, I hadn't really made the connection of the characters actually, but that's a good point. Well, actually, so is Sally Hawkins, just because she's not literally mm. outspoken. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, very good point. Those are all. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, for all my issues with three billboards, absolutely hands down, acting is not one of them. You know, like the acting mm. in that film is phenomenal, and Frances McDormand deserves every award that is thrown at her because she's such a she's such a great presence on the screen. Yeah, she, you know, you fully bought into everything she was doing yeah. on the screen. And yeah. there's such a lovely, just, there's such a lovely, not down to earth is not the right way, but she just, this is so real, mm-hmm. and she's got this massive character that feels quite real. And, and we, yeah. we talked about how that film really captures character transformations, and hers is yeah. the subtlest and the, mm. the, the best and most kind of even-handed as it slowly goes along in the film. Very good point. And it, it, you kind of almost don't, her acting so subtle that it almost isn't, portrayed through the acting but just through her actions and just her being yeah Yeah. i i agree i think she is the most accomplished actress of those five i would i would say she's more accomplished than meryl streep who is amazing Mm -hmm. Mm. but okay meryl streep has a it feels like a much more massive career and has played a a broader variety of characters possibly but i think Frances mcdormand truly talented and i and i think also you know if she wins then there'll, there'll be points given for the older older actress mm-hmm. in hollywood but you i know? also think politically as well in terms of the whole me too movement and what this year stands for mm. she's got such a great kind of like you know sticking it to the man yes. attitude yeah. yeah i don't know if you saw the baftas but everybody's wearing black and she's wearing like floral red she mm-hmm. goes 
I've, already, I've always had a problem with compliance yeah. or something like that. Well, actually, her dress had lipsticks on it, lips and lipsticks, so it had splashes of red and pink on it. Right. But it was ostensibly a dark dress. But yeah, she did, didn't she? I mean, who could get away with that but Francis McDormand? Exactly. Right, eh? <laughs> I, I think um, it's also a role that it shifts, as you guys say, um, but in a way that's, that's very, um, very character-driven and also plays really well off her scene partners. Mm. Um, there, there's that one scene where she is opposite Woody Harrelson, yeah. um, where the scene starts off in one direction and at the very end, Sunny swerves into another one, and she is fantastic. I, I think mm. you guys know which one. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a shift in character that's so jarring but also completely realistic, and she sells every drop of that. Yeah, mm, that's, mm. A, that's an incredible scene. Yeah. yeah. Okay, should we move on to Best Supporting Actor, or Actor in a Supporting Role? Mm. Shall I read that one out? Sure. So we've got Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All the Money in the World, Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I thought Richard Jenkins was... I love him, and I thought he was completely innocuous mm. in um, Shape of Water. Didn't impress me in the slightest. I, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed him in Me Shape too. Of yeah. Yeah. And I, I love Richard Jenkins. I've loved everything he's done, including his role in The Core, which is a terrible movie, but he's great. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, uh, 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 well, at least to me, Sarah, he kind of embodied a role which is pretty generic yeah. and gave it a lot of warmth and, and personality, which wasn't on the page. Do you think that's Oscar Oscar winning? Um, I'll say this: out of all the performances in Shape of Water, he was the one that stood out for me more right. so than Octavia Spencer, yeah, which yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. felt super generic. Yeah, um, more so than Sally Hawkins, more so than Doug Jones, even yeah. though they do fantastic work. I yeah, mean, he he was the one that said, "Oh wait, I'm I'm actually paying attention to the acting rather sure. than to you know other things." I think it's interesting he's been nominated. So obviously the the. They have, they, the Academy, have acknowledged exactly what you've seen. Oh, and then, sorry, Michael Shannon, who was not nominated, but yeah. was also I mean, very Michael Shannon. For all, for all of his, you know, effectively it's the same character from Boardwalk Empire, um, he's still, a, he's such a great actor. He's stunning actor. He's just yeah. incredible. I, I think it's quite interesting that Christopher Plummer was nominated, mm. considering he was brought in last minute yeah. and filmed all of his scenes in a short period Within, of time. Yeah, 11 days or something. Mm. He, yeah. um... And he's terrific in all the money in the world. He is terrific, and I. But I do wonder how much of it is uh, two fingers up to Kevin Spacey. See, I mm. think. Well, I think just talking about the best actress um, category. And I haven't seen all the money in the world, but from my understanding, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And they reckon that she should have been nominated. And yeah. I, and I, from what I've seen in the trailers, and from what I understand, I do think that she deserved a spot on there, particularly over Sally Hawkins. Um, yeah. And I haven't seen Lady Bird. I love Saoirse Ronan, but you know, like I, I, that's interesting that they gave it to him. Yeah, it feels like it would make more sense to me politically to give it to her, but it's still, he's, he's on there. I still don't think he's going to win it. Personally, I would be thrilled for Willem Dafoe to win for the Florida Project, me because too. he was playing against he's so good. genuine, real people, and he came across as a genuine, real person. And he was so much more sympathetic and lovely, wasn't he? And real, than a lot of the characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he was gorgeous, and the Florida Project is such a left-field film it would be a wonderful way for it to become Oscar-winning and, mm. um, and and to acknowledge that. But then I do... I, I'm quite fond of Sam Rockwell. I think he's got yeah. it. I has think Sam Rockwell... Has he winning it for the other? Has, yes. Did he, he won the Golden Globe and everything else? He's cleaning up, as for my right. understanding. And he was fantastic. That, is that partly also because... He, has he won many awards before? No, no. And so he's got a bit of a career that people might be kind of trying to... 
acknowledged. Acknowledged. Yeah. Well. He's one of those character actors like Alison Jenny, who has been in the industry for a long time. You know, you always see him pop up, and and he's always fantastic and quirky. But under acknowledged, probably. Yeah. yeah. And he is great. I mean, we've talked about the the the, the subtle shift in Francis McDormand's character, and I th- and I still feel that very much of Sam Rockwell's. Mm. That I was shocked at how sympathetic he became. Mm. <laughs> I know people. I know we've argued about that, and that's go listen to our previous podcast, guys. But um, <laughs> but yeah, personally, I think that he did portray acting. Awesome. Well, yeah. Is Sam Rockwell our pick, or are we... Yeah. Yeah. Let's go Sam Rockwell. All right. Okay. Uh, Sarah, would you like to read us Best or Actress in a Supporting Role? Sure. Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Alison Janney for I, Tonya. Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread. Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird. Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, tough moms in this one. Yeah, ah, true. Mm. <laughs> Interesting how that works out. Yeah. I've not seen Mudbound. I don't Never. suppose any of us have. It, it's not. It's not here yet. I've seen all the others. Um, I think Alison Janney will probably take it. Mm-hmm. But I know some people have objected to how very, very caricatured and over the top that um, that mom in I Tonya was. I mean, she was hugely enjoyable and shocking, wasn't she? But it wasn't the subtlest of performances. Whereas Leslie Manville is the subtlest of performances. <laughs> but maybe it's not flashy enough. You know, maybe it's a look. At least you've been nominated, sort mm. of acknowledgement, you know. British actress, face recognisable, name probably not, been in heaps of stuff, solid, meh. My pick is Alison Jenny. Mm. I mean, I haven't seen, uh, I've seen, I've seen uh, The Shake of Water, I haven't seen the other films, but but I, Tonya, yeah, like I said, for me was such a highlight from those three lead performances, and she deserves it for not just that, but her history of, of the work she's done. Anybody beg to differ on Alison Jenny? <coughs> I mean, uh, Laurie Metcalf, I thought, was amazing. Yeah, um, she, she was, was really, really good. Um, uh, but uh, also, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of connective tissue between her and Alison Janney in those two roles um, yeah. and how they shape their children. I thought that was a really cool comparison. Mm. Um, but in terms of like performance, what we were talking about with Gary Oldman, uh, Alison Janney, she takes it. Yes. Yeah. You know, it is a performance. Yes, it is. Mm. It absolutely <laughs> is. And And I, you know... Just for the record, I thought I like Octavia Spencer enormously, and I thought it was the most ordinary role in The Shape of Water. I mm-hmm. thought it was a total stereotype, which she handled admirably, and that mm-hmm. it was a total nothing. And I don't know why she got nominated, and I hope that it wasn't just a we, we've got now two women of colour in the, um, in, in the category. Way, but, you know. I, I, I personally thought she was much better in Snowpiercer. Yes, um, much in a, better. A similar kind of role. Um, is the, the, the tough, you know, matron figure. But, well, I guess yeah. we're all going with Alison then. Cool. Uh, all right. All right, William, do you wanna, it feels appropriate that you're oh, going to read boy. up yes. Best Animated Feature Film. Yes, please. Best Animated Feature Film. The Boss Baby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Now, I think it's fair to say that uh, we have taken from Ferdinand this, this time around as our <laughs> cinema in context artwork. Do you want to speak to that, William, before we jump in? I, I just think it's... I mean, Best Animated is always really contentious, right? They ignore a lot of stuff. Um, there's always really, really, like, mundane commercial stuff that's nominated for no, no good reason, I guess, because it's pretty, and that's the Ferdinand of this year. Mm. Um, 
Have you guys seen Ferdinand? No. No. That is really is it pretty. prettier than Coco and prettier than no, Loving no, Vincent? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I, I, I haven't, so out of these, I haven't seen The Breadwinner. I really want to. It looks amazing. What is The Breadwinner? The Breadwinner yeah. is, um, it's about an Afghani girl who kind of, she dresses up as a boy to gain acceptance in society. It's from G-Kids, the, the people who did, um, uh, what's it called, The Book of Cows and um, the other one with the seals. Um, what's the chord? Good um, lord, you watch everything. <laughs> You're so, astonishing. So they are, it's an Irish studio. Right. Um, and they do right. excellent like computer animated 2D artwork. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. The trailer it, it draws a lot from like um from from ancient, you know, Middle Eastern art wow. with a lot of gold and gilded stuff and mm. yeah, it looks fantastic. Mm. Is that one of the reasons also that, that animated features contentious because I feel like you get a lot of really creative um, independent kind of productions that are doing animation in completely different ways you know you can be so creative with animation and yet there are these behemoths that do it the one way and they've kind of <coughs> stuck with it for the last 20 years or whatever mm. yeah I would say so because um, Ferdinand it is pretty you guys it's um, it, it reminds me of like uh, picture book illustrations except what they would look like done in CGI. Mm. So really soft shapes, really cool, like stretch and squash, um, especially the, the main character being like a really bulky bull and how his face moves and all that. Mm. It's really well done. Nice. Except the story's generic town, there's, mm. there's really generic, generic voice acting, the jokes are real dated and there's pop mm. culture. At one point the characters do the Macarena, it's like, what are you doing? Right. Um, I call that a Shrek effect because you know, Shrek did it so well and the joke yeah. was that it was fairy tales with all these pop culture references mm -hmm. and then DreamWorks just pumped that formula out yeah. For, yeah. For, until today and I, whenever I see some of those films where they try and bring in that sort of stuff I mm -hmm. just go oh, good, oh yeah. so when you watch your boat then? Uh, I, I would say Coco mm. um, having not seen The Breadwinner um, which by all counts is pretty great uh, Coco yeah we all we all love Coco right sure that was my film yeah. of the year last year so I loved Coco oh, nice. but I funny enough <coughs> I'm still I'm still going for Loving Vincent mm. but I know that you William had some very intelligent um, oppositional oh. ideas to yeah, that yeah I, I just felt Loving Vincent was so much of a film that was style of a substance um, a beautiful beautiful film that I mean you can see literally see the hours of work the artists have put on on, on screen mm. um, and yet to me the acting was yeah and the casting was all wrong like mm. I, I felt it was really miscast with some mm. roles even though the actors are, are pretty great mm. um, and the story was just so boring so it'll really be interesting to see how much that matters mm -hmm. right as to whether animated feature film animated is the key word mm. or whether Ah, true, yeah. just in terms they, of form. Right, because mm -hmm. as listeners will know, it is the first feature-length, hand-painted, oil-painted feature yeah. film. So, and I think it would be rude of the Academy to ignore it, mm -hmm. even for the sake of something as, as, as crowd-pleasing and delightful as Coco. What? But, so, I mean, it's one of those films when people say, like, it's kind of, it's groundbreaking, and it's like, this is the first oil-painted film but that makes it sound like there's going to be loads afterwards. Yeah. That would do that. And I don't like, think, no, they're, I don't, they're, do, they're going to do it once. That, that it's amazing. Insane. It took but four it's like, years. It's impossible yeah. to do. It's not like it's opening up a new genre. So but that's like, four years. That's how long. Four years. That's easily how long a Pixar film would take to create. Yeah. Or, or the old self-handed Disney films. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think, I don't think this is yeah. going to open the floodgates for a whole <laughs> lot of hand-painted films at all. Mm. But, so if this is the only one, 
Look, I like. Isn't that unique enough? Is that what sure. you mean? Sure. Mm, I mean, you know, and I likened this to the um, when the artist came out. Mm. I was thinking went, of that as well. Everyone oh, went, right. "Oh my god, black and white silent films!" And I thought, "Wow, that was so amazing!" Mm. And it won heaps of awards. And I was like, "I wonder if we'll see more of these." But I was like, "I'm not bothered if we don't. Yeah. I don't need to see more of that." Mm. You know, and, and indeed, we didn't. There were a couple of other things. Um, but but principally everything went back to the way we see most films yeah, now, yeah. you know. Um, sorry, I just remembered the other GK Kids, uh, G Kids movie is Song of the Sea. Oh, oh I remember hearing about really, that. Really, really good movie. I right. think it's their best work. Nice. Um, Something to watch. And but, then the, the, the Boss Baby is just weird. Have you seen it? Yeah. It, it's bizarre. Why has it been nominated? I don't know. It's not very funny. It's okay. Like, the animation's not particularly great. It's just weird. Like, I don't not like it, but it's weird. <laughs> Maybe someone's taking the mickey. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things where I remember you were talking about in your podcast here, Doug, about how there's representation from the different studios here, which I was, never aware, I was never aware of that, how they would, you know, they would try and oh, represent oh. different studios in the categories. Like, back in the day, um, do you guys remember when Pixar boycotted the Annie Awards <laughs> because DreamWorks would buy all the votes? No. And so oh. that's how How to Train Your Dragon won over Toy Story 3. It's right. like, you know... Come on, you guys. Come on. Wow, I didn't yeah. know, I didn't yeah. know that. So um, are, we, are we splitting our vote between Coco and Loving Vincent? Is that the, the feeling? Yeah. Who, who thinks Coco's going to win? Can I add one more thing? Go, is, uh, sorry, guys. I, I have so much to talk about with animated movies. But um, uh, I, I think the fact that the Boss Baby and Ferdinand were nominated over the Lego Batman movie is just really weird as well. Um, considering in 2015, 16, the Lego movie got knocked out when I thought it was the strong, well, one of the strongest movies of that year. Um, did they just feel it was too commercial and it was like a glorified ad for toys? I, th- like, I think they probably don't... Uh, no, actually, sorry. I was going to say that they, they might, not, might not include it for a question of substance. But then again, we're... T- but then the boss baby's on here. It's that classic thing of like... Um, a film that can have substance but it doesn't really obviously show it off, I feel like. But like the Lego be. film, you can like you can delve into it and you can get into it, but it doesn't it doesn't shout substance at you when you say the Lego movie. Everyone assumes it's kind of like something that's not going to be that deep, and and maybe it just has that kind of superficial judgment. Maybe, or it could be a technical thing because the Lego movie wasn't wholly animated. Oh, although that was like like what three minutes of live action for Yeah, but sometimes those technicalities that's make true. all the difference. I think I think what happened is Lego movie was groundbreaking-ish and everyone went wow and it didn't win and mm. its moment has passed and for me and I know you loved it but for me Lego Batman movie was totally an average follow-up mm. and therefore it doesn't deserve to be on this list mm. even if it's an acknowledgement of oh sorry we should have given you some sort of award last time do you know what I mean yeah, it's moment sense. passed did the Lego movie get nominated it didn't no that's what I mean so yeah. I reckon that it, I think it's a technical thing mm. Mm. okay so splitting the vote okay yeah what do you think Max Coco or Loving Vincent I've seen neither. Okay, so we'll split the vote. 50-50. Cinematography. In the category of cinematography, we have Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. I think it's going to go to Dunkirk. I hope it doesn't go to Darkest Hour. But it might... No, I sorry. I think it might go to Blade Runner 2049. That's it might be a Roger Sorry, that's what I mean. But I'd, I would be, be okay with it going yeah. to Dunkirk. Yeah. My only issue with Dunkirk is that the, the one, one of my two criticisms of that film, the biggest one was the changing of aspect ratio mm. and how Christopher Nolan loves IMAX and he will, he will intercut between IMAX and, and 
uh, 75 millimeter. But the issue with Dunkirk for me was it was cutting mid-scene, whereas usually he would have a sequence in IMAX and then cut back to 75 millimeter. Right. But I found it so jarring when you've got Kenneth Branagh standing on the docks in 75 millimeter, <laughs> and then looking out at the sea, IMAX cutting back to the cinema. It's just like what are you? Right. you you've got to such lengths yeah. to create this immersive experience, and mm. you, your aspect ratio is jumping around. So for me, that's I mean, and Blade Runner for me was just a, a complete incredible work of art. So that's my pick. I don't care. Yeah, I think because Blade Runner isn't nominated for any of the other major categories, mm. and it's mm. mainly a, a look and feel mm-hmm. film, I think I agree they will give it. It's Roger Deakins as well, is. isn't it? So, I mean, body of work, blah, blah, blah. Blade Runner, blah, blah. I think they'll give it to Blade Runner. Because Dunkirk, I think, and we'll talk about it when we get to sound, but I think it's going to triumph there and doesn't need it mm. for cinematography. Um, so going back to what you said about the aspect ratios, Jeremy, I, I do agree with that. It was really distracting, especially in that scene when mm. you're standing on the docks. Um, but if... I don't know. If you've seen like the later Michael Bay Transformers movies... He does that all the time, and it's much more distracting, I guess, because he has more rapid cuts. And he has a, no story, so you're oh, yeah. <laughs> just bored sitting there looking at all of the technical things. And, and so for, for me, it, it didn't bother me as much as it did in you know, Michael Bay stuff, where it's just done without rhyme or reason. Mm. Oh, big, small, big, small, and your eyes kind of get fuzzy. And there are, like, there are, there are so, much, so many beautiful shots in that film. Just the frothing sea and the and the shots when they're in the boat and there's the bullet holes coming through and all of the incredible plane work going around the oh, it's just it's, it is incredible to look yeah. at. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'd put it towards Dunkirk. I love the setup of that film and that the, the place, the feeling of place. Mm. All, all, move on. To, sorry, like, all, sorry, all of the um, the footage of the spitfire, Spitfires from the cockpit. Holy moly! Yeah, mm. yeah. Beautiful stuff. So what are we doing? Are we... I mean, I'm Blade Runner. Who's... Yeah, Blade Runner. I, I the cinematography. Runner. I'm sure it will. What are you... Are you Dunkirk? I'm going to go Dirk, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Okay, so we're, we're sort of... Sort of 50-50 there. All right. Uh, directing. So we have Dunkirk, who was directed by Christopher Nolan. Get Out, directed by Jordan Peele. Lady Bird, directed by Greta Gerwig. Phantom Thread, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And The Shape of Water, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Here's how I think this is going to go. So first of all, I think Lady Bird was a perfectly nice film, and I think Greta Gerwig has a, 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 a high degree of talent, but I don't think that it is an Oscar film, and I don't think she is yet an Oscar director, so I think that they've nominated her because we need a check, uh, and I think she will get palmed off possibly, not in a bad way, with the original screenplay hmm. Oscar instead, um, because she wrote Lady Bird as well. Um, now, the only tricky thing about my saying this is I feel that Jordan Peele is probably going to go the same way, and we can't, mm. they can't both win original screenplay. Mm. But I think it's a nod to, um, yep, thank you very much, you made a terrific movie. Um, you're not going to win Best Picture with it. Uh, it's very clever. I don't think he's going to win Best Director. If he did, it would be amazing. Mm. But I don't think that he is. I don't think Paul Thomas Anderson's going to win for Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. I don't think Del Toro is going to win Shape of Water. I think he will. I think, that, I think he will. I think the direction, if anything, for The Shape of Water, for all of its faults and issues I had with it, it was, for the, it was with the script. The direction, the pacing, all of that for me, that film is really well put together. And it's, it's the way that all those pieces work is, is incredibly impressive. And from my understanding, he's winning a lot of awards for direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I think Nolan is, it deserves it as much as anybody on that list, yeah. um, I think Del Toro will get it. Hmm. Mm. Oh, that's a pretty compelling argument. I, I think Nolan will win it, and Nolan hasn't won, 
has not won an Oscar. And my goodness, he's been working incredibly hard and doing amazing films. Mm. Um, Inception, Inception, Memento, and so on. So I think Nolan's totally going to get it. And he I think if he it doesn't, well. I'll be really annoyed. Mm. Yeah. I think it's between the two of them. I mean, I, I enjoy Dunkirk more than The Shape of Water, but that was because the script was better in Dunkirk, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Shape of Water does get some, um, some kind of brownie points in the whole race for Best Picture, etc., for the gender politics. Uh, I'm kind of wondering now, we're starting to look at this and like, there's not major uh, offerings to the female, to female politics yeah. so mm-hmm. far in what we've seen. Um, things like talking about Lady Bird that not, not getting the directing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think they're going to need to make some major, I hate to say it like this, concessions yeah, considering the the backlash they've had in the last yeah. while. I mean, you've got Get Out. don't, uh, God, you know, like, there's going to be a sea of black on the red carpet, and mm. you, you, there'd have to be some pretty major... But in terms of analysing the work, right, or even thinking about directing as being a um, sort of almost a lifetime achievement award, Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig, they haven't earned it yet. I mm. think they've made terrific... And this is how I tend to think of it, I think, with directing. Mm. They've, they haven't got a body of work yet that, mm. that, that uh, justifies it. Paul Thomas Anderson most definitely does, but it's just not a flashy enough year, uh, f- mm-hmm. film and year for him. Del Toro... Oh, it's not popular enough, probably. Yeah, and Del Toro's worked blimmin' hard, hasn't he, and been doing, you know, quite mm. spectacular mm-hmm. things. So it would be a justified win, but I do think Christopher Nolan is... Um, um, this is his time. This is his yeah, acknowledgement. But I, I hear you, Sarah, but I do hear what Max is saying. I, I think that the Oscars is, as much as we'd love it to be the the, uh, the sort of paragon of, of artistic integrity in terms of cinema, it, it, it's as much it's, not, it's, it's as much a marketing political, and political sure. um, sort of beast uh, than anything. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of finally comes out because if we look through what we've chosen so far, um, it's been all very white. Um, you know, Coco with our South American um, flavour, but then we've got Blader and Dunkirk. You know, it's... it's... At least it's British. <laughs> you know, it's English and not American, that counts. Because when Does you look at the directors, we've got a white Brit, um, an African-American American, a, a female mm. white American, a white American, Paul Thomas Anderson, and then um, Del Toro. Mm. Um, effectively, yes, effectively a man of colour, but mm. certainly, and a Mexican, you're right, so... So I'm mm. going with, my, my vote is Shape of Water. Really? Yeah. Do you think the Academy will go that way? Uh, my gut feeling is Shape of Water. Um, all right, okay. Like everyone, or at least with the awards leaning up, everyone uh, is leaning that way. Right. Yeah. So are we splitting? What do you reckon, Max? Oh, that is tough. That is an interesting debate. Um, I would go Shape of Water, I think. I wouldn't. I'm, Dun- sticking, Dunkirk, I'm sticking with Dunkirk Nolan. Dunkirk has a lot going for it in terms of the fact that he's kind of been doing these showy films. Yeah. And now he's like, you know what? Okay, here's my serious go. And then, boom, he actually does it and everybody goes, holy crap, like he, he can pull off this really serious stuff as well, you know? Mm. But but I think the politics... Hope, I kind of hope the politics will stand in there. Well, I mean, that's what... I mean, really, let's be honest. If the, if the Oscars has any social power it's through making a statement as much as I as much as I love it to be a fear um, you know a fear judging of actual work I mean we live in a world which is very inequitable so I I think that's where it's important I love that Moonlight won last year even though it was kind of the glory was snatched away from it (laughs) 
Well, we're almost at the end of our time, so we're not actually going to get to some of the technical awards that we were hoping to get to, uh, but we will leave a little list of what we think is going to win underneath this podcast. So have a little nosy. But let's have a quick discussion uh, about screenplay, adapted screenplay and original screenplay. Well, let's start with adapted screenplay. What do we think? It's a tricky one. It really is. Um, I think we're, we're all talking about Call Me By Your Name. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen the film, but from my understanding, it's it's a wonderfully... It's a spectacular film, worthy of having been nominated for acting and best picture, probably won't win, and therefore... I, I hope the disaster artist doesn't win this, because um, I, I love the book. I think it's a fantastic non-fiction book. Um, the movie doesn't do it justice, in my opinion. Um, it just feels like a bunch of guys got together and made a movie about a movie they really liked. Yeah, mm. and I think James Franco has lost some kudos in the industry, so mm. I, I, I'd be surprised if he even mm. came to the ceremony. Yeah. So, Logan's on there, which is very yeah, exciting. Awesome. And Aaron Sorkin's Molly's Game, which, which is, I, it's just, it's a fun film, but I it's just it. Aaron Sorkin yeah. doing Aaron Sorkin. Mm. So, so it's two hours, 20 minutes, that didn't feel like two hours, 20 minutes, yeah. mm. and, and really well woven together. So I believe the four of us are going to vote for Call Me By Your Name, and that can be the only award that that lovely, gorgeous, beautiful film gets. <laughs> An original screenplay. Now, this is a bit harder. I think original screenplay is fascinating because, as I mentioned earlier, historically it's where you go when you don't win the bigger awards, but <laughs> that the Academy is still saying, hey, but good work because you wrote something really cool. Mm. And for me, three of these five, I, I didn't count The Big Sick as being particularly magnificent, but it would, it's justifiably on there. Mm-hmm. But certainly Get Out, Jordan Peele, Brilliant, innovative film. Well done. Lady Bird, fairly brilliant. Still fantastically written. And, of course, Martin McDonagh's only acknowledgement for the fact that he wrote three billboards. I think it could go to any of them. I think it's really cool that screenplay is so diverse this year. We have Kamel Netanjani um, for Big Sick and mm. Jordan Peele Get Out. Like it, more so than any other category. That's true. There's a real mix of people. Mm. And did Del Toro write Shape of Water? So, right, that's fascinating in terms... In fact, there's no white American. Well, there is. There's a white girl American who wrote yeah. Lady Bird. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I want Get Out to win. I think Three Billboards will win, but I Get Out for me is the choice. I think there's a lot going on in that movie that was very clever. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, so should we go Get Out, but probably Three Billboards? Yeah. That's, that's well, I think Get Out or probably Lady Bird. Yeah. Because she's going to have to get something. And she's not going to win Best Director. Well, if she does, I almost think that hashtag Me Too and all Mm. that has done her a a disservice. Because I think you should win because you deserve to win, not because the whole world is going, oh my gosh, we need to give it to a woman. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I say that as a woman. Nice. Okay, so we're sort of splitting it over three films. That's not confusing at all. Well, Max, we've come to the end of our podcast. Uh, your final one for for the foreseeable future. You're, of course, always welcome to come back and join us. Um, yeah, what, what, do you want to say a few words? Sure. Um, what are you doing? What are, where are you going? What's well, I'm heading off to Japan and then and, and around East Asia, following William, who's recently been there, and then going to Europe. So I hope to send back lots of... Um, great film reviews or film suggestions from the European continent. Um, hopefully I'll be watching lots of German and French and that kind of stuff as I try to generally push away from the mainstream. Apart from that, can't wait to see you guys in the future. Keep listening to the podcast and keep producing great stuff. And we, we, we shall leave an empty chair at every podcast that we record, Max. And we shall nod to you for a tacit agreement 
uh, in our decisions I'll and our thoughts. Yeah, I'll be listening for the silence as you go around. I'm, <laughs> I'm Sarah Watt. I'm William Chen. I'm Jeremy Downing. <laughs> and that's right. Nice. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please share it with your film-loving friends. You can listen to Cinema in Context through SoundCloud or through Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on Twitter or YouTube, which are also great places to let us know what you think of this episode or give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time. And until then, ka kite anō.